Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Folks, thank you very, very much for listening. The date today is the 19th of February, year of our Lord, 2020. Welcome to another episode of Shoot the J. If you can tell that there is a slight, uh, a different tone in my voice, a, a slight uh, inflection of uh, furiosity, if I can get away with making that word up, it's because there is. I'm pissed off. I'm so unbelievably sick and tired of the calves and they're uh it's gonna be so hard to to keep this episode expletive free keep this a pg episode um i've been on record look folks i've been on record for a while now claiming that kobe altman is an absolute moron and a fraud uh john beeline is one of the worst coaches in basketball and the calves although this wasn't really an original thought this was a league shared league wide shared sentiment uh, I worded that really wonky. Uh, the Cavs stink. Listen, now that John Beeline and the Cleveland Cavaliers have mutually uh, parted ways, amicable breakup right there, I think I can officially say... This thing that, that pisses me off. There's a lot of things about this that really piss me off. One of the main things is that for some reason, I'm expecting that people are going to come to me and say, Nick, you were right. Yeah, look at... Yeah, you were right. I gotta, I'm putting a hand up. I'm, Nick, you were right. But people aren't doing that. And I think a lot of it is because I wasn't the only one saying all this stuff about Kobe Altman and John Beeline. Like, it was a known thing. I wasn't an original take. I'm just, I was so fixated on it for such an extended amount of time for absolutely no reason whatsoever. I'm so invested in this situation. I'm so invested in the Cleveland Cavaliers for no reason at all. They stink. My biggest problem with John Beeline is the amount of sympathy that is going into this entire situation as if it's not a, 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 a situation of his own doing, a problem of his own making, an issue of his own creation. This is, this is as much the Cavs' fault as it is John Beeline's fault. People are like, well, it wasn't his fault. He was set up to fail. Then don't take the f- job. Then don't take the job. You knew exactly what the Cavs roster was. You knew exactly who they planned on drafting. You knew that Kobe Altman planned on, I'm assuming, you, if, okay, you know what? Let me backtrack a little bit. Let me just dial it back. Because if he didn't know, because he joined in May, maybe the plan, maybe he didn't know that they were going to draft Darius Garland, but let's assume that he did. You knew that the plan was to go into 2019 and 2020 with two point guards, like in your backcourt. And although Colin Sexton, yes, is a shooting guard more than anything now, here's the thing. The reason that John Beeline was brought in was because he's a great developmental coach and turning these guys at Michigan into things that otherwise they would never be. I, I, like, I genuinely don't believe Jordan Poole would be in the NBA if he didn't play for John Beeline. Maybe that's a bizarre take. I just don't really like Jordan Poole. And there's also other examples. Um, So the plan was hopefully by the end of the season, right? Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, Jetty Osman, or even Dylan, uh, is it Dylan Windler, I believe is which if he was playing, I feel like there would be more incentive for Cavs fans to watch. And because he's not who literally who cares, the plan is that by the end of the season, those guys are going to make, if it's not substantial progress, it's going to be something at least significant enough that you can say, I would rather have today's iteration of Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, or Jetty Osman rather than day one, opening night. I'd rather have today. They're better. 
Case in point, look at look at Dwayne Casey. Look at what he's done. You can be mad at the Pistons all you want. You can be mad at Dwayne Casey all you want. You can hate them. You can say that they stink. But one thing is true. Bruce Brown is better today than he was in day one of this year. Opening night against the Pacers, Bruce Brown is better today. Svima Kailuk, better today. Christian Wood, better today. Thon Maker, better today. Even these, these players that we thought were hopeless, like Thon Maker, how I view like Darius Garland. They got better because they were under the right coach and in the right system and they were utilized the right way. The problem with the Cavs, and I said this yesterday with James Edwards, the problem with what John Beeline was apparently trying to do with the Cavs, and this is what I, this is, this is what I took away whenever I watched the Cavs. You would almost think that they basically just read a Daryl Morey book on how to play basketball and just took a bunch of notes from watching Mike D'Antoni coach the seven seconds or less Suns and the current Houston Rockets. And they're trying to emulate that offense. The problem is that they're using Darius Garland and Colin Sexton as their main, their primary ball handlers. as this weird uh, hybrid of James Harden, just isolating all the time and, and nothing else. And when I say that, that, that John Beeline didn't run any plays for the Cavs, goodness, you guys are morons. You're taking that so literally. When I say he didn't run any plays, I mean he runs like literally three a game. And then other than that, it's literally just go do something. Just go stand out there while basketball is being played in your general vicinity for 48 minutes. It was, it's an absolute atrocity. I have no sympathy at all because he knew exactly what he was getting into. And the fact that after 50 games, he bailed. And the Cavs were like, yeah, you know what? Actually, we're good. We don't want to do this anymore. There's going to be a lot of things that we don't know. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that I'm sure we don't know. The main thing that we do know is the slugs-thugs disparity, that whole thing that happened. And what I think was weird about what Shams wrote in The Athletic today, he said that after that whole incident happened, um, players would like, while John Beeline was in their vicinity, so like he could hear them, he was within earshot, they would always play these songs that made references to like thugs or just the word thug. So they knew that John could hear it, right? Which is like, oh, that kind of sucks, but I get it. And so they kind of conveyed it, he kind of conveyed it in a way that made it seem like they were mad at him. And then he adds that they were doing it in light of the situation. So it's like, okay, they're just messing with them. But then an anonymous player said the thing that hurt the most was that he wouldn't admit that that's what he said. And I was like, so they were pissed about it? Like what does – pick a direction. Were they mad about it or were they not? One can assume that, yes, obviously they were mad now that he's not their coach anymore. And for good reason as well. Um. John Beeline is an exceptional collegiate coach. I don't feel sympathy for him because he had such tremendous job security that he had established. He had a tremendous program that he established. Great recruiting that he established. Everything that Michigan is today, John Beeline has spent the last, what, decade building that? Leaving one of the most high-profile jobs in America for one of the most low-profile jobs in the association? Nah, miss me with that. I, I, I get that it, with the NBA. I get that, you know, to make that leap. I, I cannot imagine how hard it is to say no to that. But John Beeline hasn't had a problem doing that in the past. He said no to the Pistons before they hired Dwayne Casey. I, in, I, I just don't understand what was more attractive to him about the Cavs. That blows my mind. That's insanity. No, I don't feel you know, I I don't think you should feel bad. If someone is wants to explain to me why I should, I'm more than happy to hear about it. And then maybe we can come to an understanding. 
But until that happens, there is zero reason for me to feel bad, and you shouldn't either. He, he did this on his own. And you can say that he wasn't given the tools, but then I would just refer you back to the original point in that he shouldn't taken the job. He shouldn't have taken the job. That, and it's not a big deal. Like, he's going to be fine. <coughs> Excuse me. He's going to be fine. He's got like $25, 27000000 million in the bank. He's going to be okay. Probably just take a job in Michigan's athletic department. No big deal. I, maybe he'll coach basketball again. Not in the NBA, obviously. And the other thing, I've been on the train for so long that Kobe Altman is a moron. Right? Case in point, if you're hiring J.B. Bickerstaff to be your interim coach while just to finish out the rest of the season, you know what? I get it, man, just because someone's got to go in there, right? Um, My problem with it is that he was the contingency plan all along. When Beeline was brought in, Bickerstaff was, was brought in for the inevitability that John Beeline doesn't work out. Did they think it would be 55 games into the season? No. But... It's the fact that he was their, their B plan. Their plan B was a guy who drove the Grizzlies into the ground. Like, the Grizzlies couldn't be more bad than they were. Bickerstaff found a way to make that happen. And you can say, well, the Grizzlies are good now. It's because Taylor Jenkins is an amazing coach, and they have John Morant, and Jaron Jackson Jr. took a leap, and Dylan Brooks took a leap. Like, everybody took a leap on that team, and then they added John Morant. Also, Taylor Jenkins is an amazing, an amazing coach. J.B. Bickerstaff is an idiot. I don't know how you move forward as a Cavs fan rooting for this team if Kobe Altman is still running the team, if Bickerstaff is still the coach by, like, next October, and if Dan Gilbert still owns the team, which you kind of have to just live with that one because he's not going to sell. My problem is, and I know this is like a I love Colin Sexton, I won't shut up about Colin Sexton. It sucks. Do you know how hard it is to develop and mature as a player? When in your third year, you're on your fourth coach. And if everything goes according to plan, hopefully he'll be on his fifth pretty soon and they just get a different one. Because they, like, just bring Larry Drew back. Like, like anything but, but Bickerstaff. Bring in Dave Yeager. Literally anything. Or Avery Johnson. It is going to be increasingly difficult for this Cavs organization to do anything productive under its current regime if they're able to flip andre andre uh, drummond this summer for anything physical like actual draft capital uh or an asset props good job step in the right direction flip colin sexton get him out of cleveland for his own sake because he's not going to grow and become whatever they want him to be which i don't even know what it is because he's not improving his consistency at all. And that's what makes me so mad. And Jetty's the same way. I probably wouldn't have the disdain for Jetty Osmond that I do if he were if he was somewhere else. And I make the Philadelphia reference all the time. If he was with the Sixers, I wouldn't hate him. Even though I hate the Sixers. It is disheartening for me to realize that Chris Castellani made a, a brilliant point on Twitter. He said the Cleveland Cavaliers, I believe this is verbatim, the Cleveland Cavaliers were a ping pong ball away in 2003 from being the worst franchise, not just in Cleveland, but on the planet. And it's true. It's 100% true because without LeBron, this is nothing. And without LeBron, Kobe Altman doesn't have a job because great hire Twitter's not all like, oh my gosh, Kobe Altman's a genius, he's going to save the Cavs. No, Kobe Altman's a moron. 
Cavs fans have no incentive to root for this team uh, under its current management. They have no incentive to root for the team because of the products that they keep putting on the floor. I think Kevin Porter Jr. is fine. Um, I've just notoriously never been a KPJ guy, so I'm not going to backtrack on that today. But I am a Colin Sexton guy. Like, I'm not anti-Cavs. I'm just not. I'm advocating that they have a better product. I'm advocating for their fa- on behalf of their fans that something substantial changes. There's some organizational shakeup. Because I cannot bear to watch this Cavs offense. And you're like, well, Nick, you don't have to. I don't, but I enjoy watching Colin Sexton play. And if I'm going to be doing that, then unfortunately I have to be watching the Cavs. Maybe they'll let him walk in free agency. Who knows? Whenever that is, actually. It'll be next year? Well, no, he's a first-rounder, so he'll probably be 2020. Well, he'll probably have a team option next year for, like, 2021. Whatever, I'll have to look into that later. Folks, botching the Kevin Love trade situation... I feel like could be devastating to this franchise and send them back like three or four years, which isn't a new thought. But if you're not able to get his contract off the books, you're just kind of screwed. And until that impasse, uh, excuse me, that impasse is broken, where how the Cavs view Kevin Love and how other teams view him, it's just going to keep being the case where the Cavs can't move him. I had said out loud that, I guarantee in six months, Kevin Love won't be in Cleveland anymore. And as soon as I said it out loud, I was like, that, I don't believe that. I don't actually believe that I just said that. I take that back because it's not true. Because unless something changes with their mindset, he's going to be in Cleveland because no team wants to give up as many assets as they want for him. And I don't blame them. They shouldn't. But this... Situation was caused by Kobe Altman by even giving him that extension in the first place, which at the time it kind of felt like he had to. In retrospect, he straight up did not. In retrospect, it's dumb. And I know hindsight's 2020, so it's hard to rip him apart for that. I remember at the time I was just like indifferent about it. I was like, you know what? I get it, but it's dumb. Like, who else are you going to give that money to? You might as well reward him for it, but also you don't. Why do you feel obligated to do that? And Kevin Love. You know, igniting this situation is both the fault of Kevin Love and Kobe Altman. I blame both of them equally. Well, Kevin Love a little bit less just because I don't blame him for not wanting to be in Cleveland because they're a dumpster fire. What is he going to do? Say no to all that money? You know what I mean? It's a travesty. I wish something were to change uh, sooner rather than later. Honestly, John Beeline being out the door is is a plus. That's a win in my book. Good for you, Cavs fans. I'm really happy for you guys. I'm hoping there's better days ahead. But there's an absolute clown show in Cleveland right now. And I refuse to... And even if I say that I'm protesting Cavs games for the rest of the year, who cares? What does that do? You know what I mean? Whatever. Alrighty, folks. If you made it this far, genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, thank you very, very much. This was, a, this was actually a quick hitter of Shoot the J, not an hour and a half quick hitter of Shoot the J. If you made it this far, thank you very, very much. I will catch you guys in the next one.